Welcome to Truth Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Yvette, and today we will be taking a journey through the scriptures to learn more about the women in the Bible. I'm so glad to take this journey with you. Thank you for joining us. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another podcast. We're glad that you joined us today. Today we're going to go ahead and continue our podcast with Miriam. Now, as we know that Miriam was the younger um, sister of Aaron, and she was the older um, sister of Moses, and she was the one who uh, made sure that Moses got down the Nile River safely um, and that he wasn't harmed by the crocodiles or taken in uh, over by the Nile River. So that's just a little bit of backdrop on who she was, just in case you don't know. But as we go into it, we see that um, as a young girl, she showed lots of courage and wisdom. Um, She was a great leader of God's people at a crucial moment in history. Now, she led the celebration after the crossing of the Red Sea and spoke God's word to his people, sharing in their 40-year journey um, through the wilderness. You know, she found great joy in having played an instrumental role in the deliverance of God's people, um, a nation that she so greatly loved. Now, it wasn't just her alone that delivered the people. Don't forget that Moses was a big part of it, but because this is a study about the women in the Bible, um, she had a great part in it. So let's not forget that. Um, Now, her greatest sadness was when she was stricken with leprosy for her pride and insubordination and she was uh, denied access to the promised land now you can only imagine that as we are doing the things uh, for God and then at the end we're denied access to to the great promise that he has um, we probably will feel a little saddened by that a little disappointed but because of the sin and because of what she did um, this is where she, this is where it led her. So it doesn't make a difference who you are, um, what position that you hold either in leadership at church or whatever leadership that you hold in um, the general public. Um, if you are not righteous with God, if you don't have a have a solid foundation with him and are in right standing with him, um, you can lose access to the promised land. Now, let's just be real about that. Um, so that is what happened to her. So God used her greatly during the time. Um, she was an asset to the kingdom. But at the end, again, it says that her pride and insubordination um, was the reason why she she was denied access into the promised land. So if you have pride or you're insubordinate to, to your um, eldership, to your um, leaders, to anybody in high authority... Um, you could almost be guaranteed you will be denied. So um, let's get right. Now the key scriptures that we can find on the story is found in Exodus chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Also Exodus chapter 15 verses 20 through 21. Um, a bulk of the story is found in Numbers chapter 12 verses 1 through 15. So... I just wanted to go ahead and and continue reading on um, what happened. 
So Miriam and Aaron had uh, Miriam and Aaron, excuse me, had talked against their brother Moses. Now they were talking behind his back about his wife. Um, he had married a Koshite woman, and apparently Aaron and Miriam felt like she wasn't part of their tribe, and so it didn't say that they didn't like her. They just felt like. She wasn't one of them, and how could she understand? Um, they also felt some type of way about the way in which God was only going through um, Moses to speak. They went as far as to question why God doesn't um, also speak through them. Um, and then, because God is omnipresent, he overheard their conversations. So God hears a lot of our private conversations when we talk about other people, when when our heart is not in the right place um, and we are gossiping or we are talking behind people's back, um, he hears all that and he puts all that into account. So that was part of it. Um, and so God suddenly called out Moses, Aaron and Miriam saying, come out of there, of that tent. Now they were in the tent of meeting. So he told them to come on out. Um, the three went out of the tent and then he called Miriam and Aaron to come closer. So they both came out, they all three came out of the tent and then he asked Aaron specifically and Miriam to come a little closer to him. So when they stepped out, he, he directed his voice to them saying, listen carefully to what I'm telling you. If there is a prophet of God among you, I make myself known to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams, but I don't do that way with my servant Moses. He has the run of my entire house. I speak to him intimately, in person, and in plain talk without riddles. So why do you show no reverence or respect when speaking about my servant? So God is, is, is um, disciplining them. He is coming to them and he is saying, you know, hey, uh, I speak to everyone, you know, my, every one of my prophets in a certain way. But with Moses, I speak to him differently. So if you notice that he's saying that, that he speaks to everybody in in riddles mostly and and that's that be the truth because I can have some dreams and I'd be like okay um how am I supposed to put this together it's like almost like a puzzle um but he's saying like I don't talk to Moses that way it's more intimate with him um and I I talk plain it's very clear and so I mean I would love to get to that point where things are very clear and not in riddles um so he's basically telling them why don't you respect him? You need to have reverence. And so he is addressing them on the, the conversations that they're having. And I'm pretty sure that they're probably like, what? Right? When somebody addresses you and says, hey, I know that you're talking or you're saying stuff behind my back, you're kind of like, no, but God is, is, is addressing them. You know, this is a, not another person. This is God Almighty. So it goes on to say that Moses had pleaded with God not to come down so hard on Miriam and Aaron for their foolish and thoughtless ways. Um, And so this shows how great Moses was because even though he, he, God showed him or God told him or he heard God 
telling that you're talking about your own brother, he still prayed for them. So this also shows us that we should be praying for our enemies, those who come against us. And even if we, uh, God reveals those people to us, that we should still be in continued prayer for them and um, pleading with God for mercy for them. Now, it goes on to talk about how God answers Moses saying, if her father, and now he's talking about Miriam, had spat in her face, wouldn't she be ostracized for seven days? So, quarantine her outside of the camp for seven days. Then she can be readmitted to the camp. So now Miriam was quarantined outside of the camp for seven days. The people didn't move forward until she was readmitted. So he made her go out. The people didn't move. They waited. Once she was done with her quarantine, with her punishment, with her sentencing, with her jail time, then she was brought back and then they were able to move forward. Um, So you could say that this whole thing kind of stifled, kind of stopped the journey that they were on. Um, But it was good because it was an example. She was being set as an example. Um, Did they get the message? I don't know, right? You got to keep reading. Now, the anger of God blazed out against them. And then God left. So Miriam had turned uh, leprous. Um, Her skin was uh, like snow. So not much of um, about Miriam's thoughts or attitude of her heart after she was uh, sent away for complaining about Moses was written in scripture. So we don't we don't really know her heart or what her thoughts were. But it is not unreasonable to think that she repented during the seven days of banishment. Um, now perhaps, um, you know, I would say that um, a nation itself needed a shocking rebuke in order to recognize um, the seriousness of the sin that uh, threatened the unity of God so basically because of of the way that she was talking about her brother this could have infected the camp and so and I'm pretty sure some parts of it was infected because of how they talked bad about their own brother and so he you know the lord god came and he was just like no this needs to stop so this this seriousness uh uh threatened the the unity of of god's people and i could say that that's probably what's happening now it's the unity of god's people are divided right now um right now what's going on in the world Uh, we can say that our unity is being divided um but you know we just got to pray on that situation. And going back to the story, you know, um, we hear about Miriam. Um, we don't hear really about her, um, where she died, you know, like how she died, but that she was buried in, um, what is it, Kadash Baneer. Uh, Miriam had died shortly before the Israelites ended their 40-year journey in the desert. So again, she never made it into the promised land. Uh, Miriam was also one of the greatest heroes of faith. As a young girl, she helped save the infant Moses, Israel's future deliverer. Um, She was a prophetess among her people. 
she helped encourage God's people to um, freedom. She led the singing of the first psalms ever recorded in scripture. Now that's cool. Um, she may have done great things, but again, like all of us, she sinned against God and suffered punishment. So that's something that we can learn from Miriam. Um, something quickly that I was thinking about um, was like when they say about that she did the first psalm and that she danced and she led the women into to celebration. Um, really, it says that in scripture, um, Miriam led the worship to celebration God's miracle defeat of the Egyptians uh, at the Red Sea. And she dancing at that time was part of worship in the early Christian church. Now, not all of churches give you that freedom to dance. The altar isn't open for you to express your praise. Um, they may have, um, they, I mean, some, some churches have like where they have um, tambourinists up there or they, you just don't have that freedom to dance, to, to, to rejoice and to really give God your worship. Um, you have to do that behind behind the pews or in the pews and um so you know that that can be a little stifling of the holy spirit especially when the holy spirit wants to move and you really can't you don't have that freedom it stifles it really i I believe a lot um so when god does wonderful work in our lives we we want to respond um our face may break out with a smile we may sing uh, our bodies want to move our hands and feet can't remain still you know God delights in our praise uh, we we were made to worship him um, he loves our worship he loves our praise and and you know for me a quick little testimony about about my worship and my praise was that um, I I at one point would worship in the pew area and I wouldn't go outside of the pew and uh, I one night I had the spirit really kind of um, take over my body and I say that because I was like my flesh was fighting my spirit my spirit was like coming out of the pew into the into the walkway and then my flesh was pulling me back inside the pew and like you're good right here and this was a battle in my mind going back and forth like no don't go up there people are gonna think you're crazy um what are you doing and 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 this was you know you don't see many people up there worshiping the way that god was pulling me to do so and then um i went up there you know uh unwillingly you know but my spirit had had the control and and I went out there and um, angrily I I uh, how do I say it I basically punched the air and and I was standing at the altar like in a V with my arms in a V over my head um, but they didn't go up with like complete surrender my hands went up angrily they I was mad um, and I stood there with my hands in a fist in a V. And I swayed back and forth. I literally felt like someone was behind me, moving me from side to side and guiding me through the process and helping me to uh, be delivered from the shackles 
of not being able to praise and worship the Father. And so um, I started crying because it really was an inner battle. And once I released, I was able to open my hands up and was able to dance and was able to sing and was able to just thank God for delivering me from that, what I was feeling. Um, and so now I'm able to worship, I'm able to go up to the altar, I'm able to dance, I'm able to sing, I'm able to jump, I mean, you know, all these wonderful things that God truly loves and loves to see us happy. Like how many times do we see our kids and if we, if we take them somewhere, buy them something, do something great for them and they don't look happy, we think that they're, um, ungrateful and I would never want my father to think that I was ungrateful for the things that he's given or done for me so when we see our children um happy smiling and like full of excitement over the things that we've given or done for them that brings us joy and that's the joy that I want my father to have when he does things for me so that's just a little bit of my um my testimony I guess but it was something I wanted to share um, about worship and, and when I heard that Miriam led this worship I could totally see the joy that they had they had just been um, um, chased by the Egyptians you know leaving slavery they were chased and it was this very traumatic thing and then to see the waves come crashing down on your enemies right before your eyes and and um and really just be like in safety yeah i would be dancing and worshiping screaming and hollering and crying all you know all these emotions so i thought that's very important especially at this time um the things that we are going through as a nation that that we look at the things that god has done for us and we focus on those things and we remember um that god got them out of out of Egypt out of slavery out of everything that they were going through and God will do that for for us because we are his people so we need to keep keep pressing in and um, stay encouraged in the word and, and grounded in the word so I want to go ahead and finish with the podcast sorry I went off on a little tangent but you know my heart is really um, is really open to what's happening right now and I don't want this to to not be spoken about so um, as we move forward into the, the scripture of what we're talking about, I want to say that um, the scripture does promise us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And that can be found in 1 John 1, 9. Um, so let's praise God that he disciplines those he loves and offer thanks that he that yes he gets angry but it only lasts for a, a moment but his favor for us for it, it lasts forever um let's also confess any um arrogance that may have crept into our hearts especially as it relates to our role in the church or at work or even in the home let you know let's let's confess these things to him Let's ask God to help us remember that his discipline is an expression of his love for us. And I just want to go ahead and close in prayer. 
I want to thank the Lord um, and and um, just thank him for the times in which he has sh- he has saw us fall short but he has helped us to become better he has helped us to get back up um, and that that he has set us back um, in our position and, and I want to thank um, him for the loving discipline that he shows to us you know guiding us and directing us um, and sending people to to really um, correct us um, and get us back into alignment with who he is and and how we're supposed to move forward um, so Lord help us to always be quick to respond and repent of our sins allow us to experience the joy that comes from receiving your forgiveness especially in these times lord help us to be able to to um to repent lord that we may have open hearts to repent of our sins and lord please forgive us in jesus mighty name we pray god bless you if you like to connect with us look for us on facebook group We are Daughters of the King.